Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and fix this next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Welcome to another episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast, in which I'm joined today by somebody I met on a networking event. And I'm joined today by Tony Redondo. And Tony has over 36 years experience in financial services and is a fully qualified associate of the Chartered Institute of Bankers. He's held senior management positions for many years for various banks and brokerages before launching Cosmos Currency Exchange in 2020. Uh, At Cosmos, they treat each client like the individual that they are. They offer every client a no-cost, no-obligation discovery session so that they can tailor their currency solution to meet your individual requirements, whether you currency exchange requirement uh, is, is large, whether it's small, uh, if it's for you, if it's for your business, I think you'll benefit from a proactive relationship-based approach with Cosmos and access to over 35 currencies. I didn't even know there were 35 currencies out there. To and from over 50 countries around the globe. And at Cosmos, I know from your networking, Tony, your business comes from referrals and that speaks volumes in itself, doesn't it? So welcome to today's podcast. Thank you very much, Simon. Thank you for having me on. Now, 36 years in financial services. <laughs> that, that's, that's quite a stint, isn't it? You know, is is that common? Stint. Is that common or are you sort yeah. of something that breaks the norm? Uh, it's, it used to be common, uh, yep. but not so much anymore. Not so much anymore, no. Be- before I ask you a little bit about your, your coffee then, um, People often say to me, what, what got you into construction? You know, and I said, well, you know, my, I wanted to be an RAF pilot, actually. Um, but I failed the medical and my cousin was a bricklayer. So I thought, you know what, I, I could be a bricklayer. <laughs> yeah, it was a role model. Yeah. What led you into the, you know, the banking and the financial industry? Good question. Um, again, no intention. Uh, I wanted to be an astrophysicist. Oh, uh, okay. I did a, I studied maths and the pure maths, applied maths, physics, biology, chemistry, all the sciences, yeah. I'm a science geek. Um, and I wanted to be an astrophysicist, but it needed a seven year university course. And yep. back, back in the day, there was no way my parents could afford that. Um, so that option was pretty much uh, shut off uh, at the starting gate. Um, so I thought, okay, what do I do? And then at the time, I just finished college. I just finished my four A levels. I then done a B Tech, um, and um, well, which is not a, a sort of equivalent. Um, and it was 1985, and I was 19 years old, and I had yeah. no interest in doing anything other than spacey things. Yeah, but that door was shut. And in 1985, the second Thatcher government liberalised financial services in the city of London. So before that, it was pretty much a closed shop. So to work in the city of London, you had to be invited in by somebody you knew. Well, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know that. But then in 1985, they liberalised financial services. All the foreign banks came in. There was a flood of foreign banks coming in from all over the world. 
yeah. they needed staff so they allowed anybody in, yeah, yeah. including me yeah. <laughs> so so astrophysicist joe this is so uncanny listeners because a couple of weeks ago i came back from a ski trip and I, I went with a group of dads from a nearby village. My, my wife's a nanny and she used to look after the children of the dads. Right. It's not because I'm a dad, because I'm not. Um, but one of them took a son, Joe, who my wife used to look after. And he's actually studying astrophysics uh, at really? university at the moment. Yeah, superb. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now I can connect the cosmos as well from from the company name so that that brings it all together for us i was honestly when i set up cosmos simon i only had one name in mind so i was praying that that name was available (laughs) at company's house because if it wasn't i would have no idea what to call the business yeah um see see, i think it's forward thinking i think you've been watching science fiction movies and you've realized that you know what (laughs) there's 35 was it 35 currencies 50 countries but what are we going to do when we go over to other planets as well you know you want to be at the leading edge of that don't you you're, you're, bu- you're building it for the future i can I'm see building, that yeah I, i've got this afternoon a phone call with mr elon musk so that when yes. he goes to mars yeah. you know, i'm yeah. right there behind exactly him. exactly yeah. yeah they won't be dealing in um, dollars or something like that won't they? <laughs> so let's talk about the coffee you know we were talking a, bit, a little bit before the recording obviously that you take your coffee black um so a bit of a spoiler alert listeners on that because that's usually one of the questions i ask how does he take his coffee Well, it's black uh, but there is a little bit of a twist which we'll talk about in a minute so tell us a little bit about the the coffee that you like drinking and why so well, i take all my coffee black because i'm dairy and lactose intolerant yep. um and um and it's very much uh, uh, again a cultural thing i'm portuguese by parentage um, I was born in Mozambique in Africa, which at the time in the 60s was a Portuguese uh, colony. And coffee is very much the drink of the day uh, in where I come from. Uh, so even uh, as a child, um, what they do is yeah, they do the espresso, for example, for the after dinner espresso. Yeah. And then they'll do a second pressing called a carioca of coffee, yeah. uh, which is weaker uh, for for children and uh, so that they don't get a full dose of caffeine and uh, so I grew up on that um, but to flavor I don't take sugar either um, and but my to, to favor it uh, I, I sometimes put a cinnamon stick uh, in my uh, Amer- black Americana uh, and again that's a very much a, a thing from my childhood yeah, uh, I mean, cinnamon is one of those things that I'd never really associated with coffee until I started going to places like Starbucks and you get the, the cinnamon <laughs> shaker and, and the cappuccinos. Yeah. But actually, uh, I have cinnamon in, in my coffee and in hot chocolate as well. One of the yeah. prior guests talked about having a hot chocolate and going to Starbucks and getting them to steam infuse cinnamon into the hot chocolate. Wow. And I thought, Really? I can't imagine a Starbucks in the UK doing that. But if they do it in the States, I'm going to ask. Yeah, sure yeah. enough, they did give me a really vacant look. And then they quickly glanced and said, actually, yeah, we could do that. And they did. And it is amazing. <laughs> it, is. Mate. it is amazing. <laughs> is it? Okay. So I'm intrigued more about the fact that children drinking coffee. So I know when you sometimes you go to coffee shops, you get your little baby chinos, don't you, where they, yeah. it's more frothy milk with a little bit of chocolate on top. Mm. But you know, um, having this weakened coffee, that's, that's quite intriguing because you know, there's not many people I know that would give children coffee 
Yeah. Anyway, because um, they don't think about diluting it in that way, would they? No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's very much, uh, or certainly very run of the mill in Portugal. Um, and I've seen it in Spain and, and the south of France uh, and Italy. Uh, so it's probably a Mediterranean thing more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, but certainly, you know, when I was, even before coming to this country, so I came to this country and I was nine. So even sort of six, seven, eight years old, you know, a special occasion, I would have, you know, a, a Carioca or a coffee, which is the weekend espresso. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, out of all the guests we've had, you're the first one that's mentioned that. So that's, <laughs> there's always something new in these podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> so what's your favourite coffee? You, know, you said there you like it black, uh, you know, espresso, Americano. Have you got a particular area, a particular bean, or are you just is it just coffee generally? Give us a bit of an idea um, of what my favourite is. Yeah, my favourite is a Portuguese brand called Delta. Okay. Um, and they grow their coffee in the former Portuguese colonies in Africa. Yeah. And it's a very dark roast, quite an intense, but somehow, I don't know how they do it. It's way beyond my uh, technical mm. knowledge, yeah. but they've managed to make it pretty intense, but smooth. It's not harsh at all. There's no bitter aftertaste. Um, there's, there's quite a lot of, of, of choice uh, in Portugal. Uh, yeah. of, of different coffee brands, but that's my favourite. And there are, luckily, about 40 minutes from where I live, there's a Portuguese restaurant and delicatessen. Yeah. So on a regular basis, we take a little trip and have a meal and then raid the delicatessen for Portuguese <laughs> goodies that they've imported. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good, sounds good. So from a point of view of the, the other parts of culture of drinking coffee in portugal is, it, is there anything else that it might be done slightly differently yeah are there particular times of day when they drink coffee differently you know is there anything else you can explain to me and to the listeners yeah. uh, that might be an insight into the portuguese way of drinking coffee as well um there's um there's a huge variety of, of ways of asking for coffee in portugal Oh, you can okay. ask even the espresso. You can ask for a normal espresso, but you can ask for a full cup. So they yeah. fill it up to the top. They can ask it for, you can ask for a curto, which is a short one, which is literally a one gulp shot of yeah. coffee. You can ask for the coffee cup to be uh, heated, preheated, really? with boiling yeah. water. So it's steaming hot. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, um, uh, or you can ask for, um, I've never known anybody in Portugal to ask for it with milk, but I'd imagine, you know, if yeah. somebody wants to ask for it, they can do that. And then, of yeah. course, you get, you know, do you want full fat milk? I mean, the thing with, with food in, in countries like Portugal is that the choices, people are very knowledgeable about food. Right. Uh, and so they're very particular about their choices. Yeah. You know, so you don't just ask for milk, you would ask for full fat or or or, or semi-skimmed or, or even oatmeal. You would ask it for it caught, cold, steamed. Yeah, it's quite yeah. particular. It's quite a, an important thing. And I, I think that's one thing in the UK we're not that good at. You know, we tend to be middle of the road don't we i mean i always use the example when i used to go for a meal with my parents as well we did this just at the weekend my wife did it and you go out and you get food and you perhaps complain about it and you say well that was a bit tough or that wasn't very warm that wasn't very nice 
And then the waitress comes and says, is everything okay? And we go, yes, thanks. <laughs> and I sit there and say, but you've just complained about it. Why don't you tell them? You know, yeah. Feedback is good, isn't it? Feedback helps. Be- it is. But I think when I go into our local town and there are so many little tea rooms that are so quiet, yet yeah. Starbucks is so busy in, in Newark. One, it's got a very nice prime location on the marketplace. But I think, actually, people in this country um, tend to like the fact that they get choice. But yeah. choice that you don't know about, and I think this is what you were just mentioning, if it's not yes. knowledgeable, you make yourself look a bit of a fool, don't you, if you're not yeah. careful. So that's what yeah. we don't like to do you know, yeah, in, exactly. in the UK. And also don't like making a fuss. Correct. Yeah. Whereas in Portugal, it's not seen as being a fuss. It's seen as you're the client, and this yeah. is what you'd like. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really important. But when we go to places like Starbucks and everything's there on the wall, yeah, yeah, Yeah. oh, I want that. Of course, then they throw you, don't they? Because I was watching somebody the other day and he said, (laughs) "Um, yeah, I'll have a tall something or other. And then she said, do you want that large or medium? (laughs) It doesn't say large or medium up on the wall. (laughs) because <laughs> it was always somebody new to starbucks yeah. oh no it was costa actually it wasn't starbucks it was one right. cost and that yeah. completely threw him because he'd, he'd read it and it's like yeah. oh, i don't know now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely and then you just recoil don't we we just think oh no that's awful so you you said in in the bio that i read out you started uh cosmos currency exchange in 2020 tony what's been sort of significant things that you've been working on or what are the things that you perhaps started doing that you fixed how you do now give us a little bit of insight into things that you've been working on in your own business sure okay well if i may i'll I'll sort of rewind a bit because Mm, i think it's important to explain why somebody with 34 years experience working for various banks and brokers in the middle of a pandemic that makes the decision to launch his own business Hmm. Um, I mean, really, there's two choices, either complete lunatic, um, which, you know, is possible, um, but there, there might be... Joey's out, yeah, we haven't finished the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, um, I saw a gap in the market, yeah. and I'd seen a gap in the market for some time. And the reason I saw a gap in the market is when I started in the City of London in 1985, I had... 10 years plus experience of working in an environment where there were no computers. Mm. There was no internet. Yeah. And therefore business was done. The only way business had been done for hundreds of years since the original city of London coffee houses back in, in the 1600s. And that is by human beings talking to one another. Yeah. Strange. And clients would come up, you know, come, come into you, you'd go and visit the client in the premises, you'd shake hands. There might be a paper form to fill. Uh, uh, and sign, but that was as far as it went. And that's how business was done, by communicating with one another. And over the 34 years I've worked for various banks and brokers, Simon, um, most financial services, but especially my field, foreign exchange, has gone 180 degrees opposite, where it's it's all about the technology. It's all about the algorithm. It's all about the chat box. It's all about the iBot. It's all about the artificial intelligence. And there's a very good reason for that, because if you launch a business based on technology, what you do is you get some angel investors in, 
or some private investors or however way you want to do it, you work out some fantastic algorithmic with genius app, you launch it. And then other than the odd update, it's all income coming in. The problem with an old school relationship-based business model is that it requires these things called human beings. And the problem with them is they want to get paid every month, not just once. Hmm. Whereas with the technology, you pay for it once and then it's just income, which is fine for the business owner, but the client suffers because you can't talk to, you can't, if you feel awkward asking another human being a question, imagine how awkward you're going to feel asking a chat box or an algorithm. Yeah. You know, um, or we've all been there where you're waiting online to, to get through on the phone for 45 minutes on elevator music, or you get onto the chat box, you're, you start asking the question, it crashes. There's no chance of getting back to that same agent because that agent might be in one part of the world and then you have to log in again and it's gone to another part of the world, whoever's available next. And I've always worked on a relationship basis. Even when I've worked for other people, I've tried as much as possible to work on a relationship basis, even if, you know, management at the time weren't too keen on the idea. But I produced the results and they kind of like left me alone. Um, but I saw a real gap in the market because I'm not anti-technology. The technology available these days, Simon, is incredibly clever and can do incredible things. But I think because of my age, I see technology like a lot of people do in, in our age group in it's a tool. Whereas if you speak to somebody who perhaps is like in their mid thirties and below, They've never worked in an environment without the internet. They don't know what life is behind the internet. And this occurred to me in the autumn of 2019, when we had some friends around um, and we were talking over Sunday dinner or what have you. And I was telling a story about how, you know, I was, I didn't really like school. The only thing I liked about school was the sport. So I did a lot of sport at school, but I always had difficulty with the away games because by the time he got back on the coach and got back to the school, I then had to leg it. I was first off the coach and leg it all the way down to the library to look up the information to complete tomorrow's homework before the library closed. Yeah. And my teenage daughter sitting there with a very sort of quizzical look in her face and going, but dad, why don't you just look it up? Yeah. Why don't you Google it? <laughs> And I'm like, uh, because there was no internet. Would you? I'll don't be silly, Dad. Of course there was. And it was quite yeah. interesting conversation at life before the internet. Really? Wow. Yeah. How on earth did you ever get anything done? And then, of course, the jokes come out about, you know, how, how did you manage to get to work without being eaten by a dinosaur or, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all those things. But, and so that, really stuck in my mind about how far we've come and how technology is a wonderful tool but is not the complete answer and surely a business that's deliberately set up on a model to marry an old school relationship-based business model with the use of new technology then has the best of both worlds because you can customize the answer to each and every client's individual requirements but then you can speed things up by using the latest technology yeah. 
but make it the most efficient way and, possible. And use it as a tool that actually it was intended for and that it is. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and, and that's what we did. So we launched in 2020. Um, it was difficult because the lockdown, we yeah, lost a lot of business, yeah. particularly because my last two jobs before launching Cosmos were working for brokers who very much specialized in the international property field. So buying and selling international yeah. property. Well, of course, that was the one area that was more hit than anything else because nobody could travel. Nobody could do any viewings. Yeah, Solicitors yeah. were shut. Estate agents were shut. So that was a difficult start. But interestingly enough, what saved us was the relationships because all those clients had helped to buy property abroad, for example. Their income stopped coming in because nobody could travel. But of course, the bills don't stop coming in. Gotcha. So because the relationship was there, when they needed to start using their UK salary to pay the bills for the house they own in Florida or Spain or Greece or what have you, yeah. they didn't automatically go to the bank. They didn't automatically go on the app. They thought, well, well, they spoke to Tony a couple of months ago. I wonder if you, I'm sure you'll do this for me. And they found yeah. up. And so we kept going by helping clients out of very tricky situations in 2020. And then another interesting thing happened, Simon, and that is corporate side of the business, which accounts for about 40% of our business. All of a sudden, clients started phoning up saying, you know that client I've got in, in, in California? Someone says, oh, yeah, yeah, you've been with them for ages. Yeah, well, they can't pay me. What do you mean they can't pay? Yeah. They, they, they're saying they can't get the money to me. Okay. You're talking about the biggest economy in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know everybody's holding on to cash, but mm. this is ridiculous. There must be some reason for it. And I was quite skeptical thinking, okay. But I looked into it, and what was happening is the American banking system is pretty backwards compared to the UK one. Yeah. So much so that their number one settlement system is still the check, the checkbook. They still use checks predominantly. Right. They haven't even got the check guarantee card yet. Yeah. They're only now introducing chip and pin and retail outlets. And so what that client in California was doing was getting an invoice from my UK client yeah. with our uh, US dollar bank account details in London. Yeah. But the online banking system in the US, where it exists, and they only exist for the big five banks in the United States, yeah. only allows for online banking within the United States, not outside of it. So what that client was having to do is get the invoice, print a copy off, get in a car, drive to the bank, fill out a swift international transfer form, pay the bank $50 for the bank to move the dollars to a dollar account in London for me to then convert it to sterling. Well, the problem was the banks were shut because of the lockdown. Yeah, yeah so that's how so they, they had really been doing it. They really couldn't pay because you can't use online banking. You, the bank is shut. How could they, they can't fly over with a suitcase because there's a travel. Yeah, no. So yeah. what could they do? And I started getting phone call after phone call after phone call on this. So again, because I have a banking background rather than a sales background, we did some digging. And what we've now done is we've opened up a US dollar collection account for clients to pay into in New York. Gotcha. So yeah. now that client within the US and they can just do it online. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I'm going to 
ask two questions. The first one is a very personal question, actually, because uh, I've got a client who very, uh, well, very nicely sent me a, a gift card at Christmas. And it's a Visa gift card from Atlanta, Georgia. So he'd gone down to his local store, yeah. got me $100 on a prepaid uh, yeah. Visa card uh, and sent it to me in the post. Bless him. Yeah. <laughs> And straight away on the back of it, it says this card can only be used in the US. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But I should imagine I can use that card for making purchases on US websites. Yes. And, and that's that's my anticipation of that. So I, I can un- understand that. Yeah. Um, but that's that's so interesting uh, about the, the the sort of the relationship side of it and how having those relationships make such a, a, a difference. And life before the internet. So I'm just, I'm not going to ask a question. I'm going to share a story, actually. I had a site manager that I worked with in 1986, I think it was, 87. Mm-hmm. He, was a, he was Greek. Uh, he was 60 years old then-ish, uh, very traditional in, in his upbringing. And he was a construction site manager, and he got a brand-new Escort. And it was a, <laughs> the Mark III Escort. And he, he came off the motorway, uh, or no, came off the road, and he was about to go onto the motorway, and his car spoke to him. And this is him recounting the story to us. Okay. And he came into the site office, and he said, you're not going to believe it. He said, I have actually heard the voice of God today. <laughs> and you're going, said, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so he said, yeah, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm on the road. He says, I'm just about to go onto the motorway. And I was spoken to through my radio, and it told me there'd been an accident on the motorway. <laughs> RDS, traffic <laughs> alerts. Brilliant. But that was yeah. a time. Quite. I mean, listeners, you, you know, some of you will probably remember this. Before we had mobile phones, you know, we were on a building site and we had walkie-talkies. Yeah. We didn't have mobile phones. You know, I was one of the first in the business to have a mobile phone. Very shortly after, and it came in like a brick. suitcase size. Yeah, it was huge. Brick. Yeah, um, and I had the brick was connected to a battery that was in a suitcase in the, in the footwell of the car. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, ta- we take things <laughs> out for granted, don't we? And you know, even the fact that our car, you know, Google redirects us a different way because there's been an accident or there's heavy traffic. You know, yeah. uh, I used to carry a big wooden box in the back of my car with A to Zs in it. Yeah, same to get here. around. Yeah, same here. Yeah, definitely uh, same here. They yeah. were the days. Exactly yeah, the same. So, same but. It's for me, I, I mean, from banking, I used to love when my relationship manager used to come in and he used to want to know about my business. Yes. Um, one other very quick story, just to echo what you've just said there. I've just come back from, from skiing, as I mentioned, with the mm-hmm. astrophysicist uh, or training to be, qualifying to be. And I went to NatWest, which is my bank in Newark, to get some euro. I walked in and I said, 200 pounds worth of euros, please. And she said, I'm sorry, we don't do currency exchange anymore. She wow. said, you have to order it online. Wow. But this is Thursday. <laughs> I'm going at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't got time. No. You know, um, you know, I've come in. I mean, literally, because of all the restrictions lifting, we weren't even sure if we were 
you know, still okay to go, etc. Because France was still quite difficult. Switzerland were still doing quarantines just yeah. a week before. I said, so I couldn't order it two weeks ago. Yeah, because I can yeah. only order it now. He says, yeah, uh, yeah, we don't have a call for currency anymore. I said, so a bank doesn't do foreign <laughs> money anymore. And she sent me to the travel agent just across the marketplace That's right. uh, to, to get the travel money. Yeah. And that yeah. relationship is gone. You know, yeah. I, I said, I'm sorry, I'm not doing it online. Yeah, completely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I saw in the first five years of my career between 85 and 90, yeah. I was lucky enough to catch the tail end of people who've been in banking for 20, 30, 40 years, huge amount of experience. Yeah. But then with the 92 recession, there was a huge clear out because of course yeah. then the call centers in India came up yeah. and it was a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah. um, and the banking world lost all those thousands of hours thousands of hours of experience yeah gone deliberately gone and then they yeah. wonder why there's no customer loyalty well you've got to yeah. earn it first and yeah. they don't that, that must have been about the time when the man from the pre went because i remember somebody used to come around to yeah. collect the money and he talked to you about your pensions and suddenly i i was i got pensions with potential at the time and yeah. they said, oh, no, you can't speak to a real person. Well, you can't see a real person anymore. You've got to speak to somebody. You know. yeah. And then, of course, then they said, oh, we can't give you advice. Well, yeah. we're up for advice. <laughs> no, we can't give you advice. You need to see a financial advisor. Well, a financial advisor isn't going to tell me to stay with Prudential, are they? Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> They're going to tell me to go somewhere else, which sure enough, they did. And I did. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. And it's such a shame, isn't it, that you know the, the financial industry as a whole globally has lost that that personal side of it. But do you, do you think it's coming back? Do you think, I mean, like businesses like yours, do you think people are seeing the importance of people very much so. in, in the very financial markets? So. I think very much so, um, in, in lots of ways. And, um, I mean, a, a simple way, obviously, we launched in 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. Every, I'm based in Truro in Cornwall. Yep. So pre-COVID, uh, there were obstacles to running a business from down here because what makes Cornwall nice to live in is its remoteness. Yeah. But from a business point of view, even like networking, which you mentioned at the start, Simon, you know, it, in non-holiday traffic, it takes an hour and a half just to get to Exeter in the bottom of the M5. Yeah. So yeah. to go, you know, you'd be on the road for eight, nine hours there and back just to have a couple of meetings in Bath or Bristol or Exeter or Plymouth or what have you. You know, long old day. And then everybody goes online. And then all of a sudden, it's a window to the world because now you can have as many Zoom calls as you want. Yeah. You know, with Australia, with Canada, with the States, with South Africa, wherever, you, you know, you, you want to have them in. So that's the best thing to happen. But of interest, from about the middle of 2021, clients started asking for Zoom meetings. Not oh, just networking, but clients. Yeah, yeah. And because... I've been lucky enough to have some very loyal clients that have stuck with me and gone with me from bank to broker, even before yeah. I set up Cosmos and then naturally came over to me at Cosmos. Um, I asked them, you know, what's this new, you know, or what's a new interest in Zoom then? They said, well, it's something we learned during lockdown because obviously during lockdown, we would FaceTime with the grandchildren. So we got used to the technology. Yeah, yeah. But now it's great because it means that we can when if we do a Zoom rather than a telephone call, 
we can see the the whites of your eyes. We can see yeah. the body language. We yeah. see that you're smile on the face. You're not reading from a script, so we know yeah. we're not speaking to some hotshot twenty-two-year-old, you know, in a boiler room trying to scam us, reading from a script because we can see it. It's obvious. Yeah. And I thought that's brilliant. That absolutely is fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic and, for the client. Yeah, it's interesting as well, and we're digressing a little bit here, but yeah, you know, I, I use Skype for coaching a little bit. I don't, I've never used phone for coaching, and I know a lot of coaches do. Um, but Skype wasn't too bad because I like to see people, I like to interact with people. And Skype wasn't too bad at, for that. Then I went to GoToWebinar and GoToMeeting for yeah. that. But it's interesting. I then moved to Zoom. So I moved to Zoom probably about two, two and a half years before COVID came. I wish I'd have bought shares in it, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Me but, too. Yeah, it, it was so intuitive. It was easy to use. It was much more reliable. Uh, and the others have sort of disappeared. I think Microsoft and Teams has, has come back up, which obviously I think they use the Skype platform once they took over yeah. Skype. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. People feel there's more relationship. You know, we can see each other now. So we're not just talking, you know, over a, a phone connection. We're actually seeing each other. It does make a difference. Right. People feel different. People saw it as impersonal. But now I think, like you say, because of the family connections and FaceTime, they now feel that it's got emotion, don't they? They feel that I can, when somebody smiles, I can see. But I, I was on something, uh, and it was actually, it was probably the same network meeting. I don't know if you noticed it, but there were a couple of people who were clearly reading what was on either a piece of paper or on the screen. Because one, it was the way they were reading it, and yeah. you could see their head <laughs> going That's across exactly. the screen, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listeners, that was just me doing an impression of moving my head, reading a, a screen, because <laughs> I know you're not going to see it. Um, but let, let's ask how people can reach out to you then, Tony, if that's okay. Where, where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Okay. Um, we Our website, uh, www.cosmoscurrencyexchange.com. Okay. We have uh, our landline number, 0300 124 where you can get straight through to me. That's my direct line. Great. Or you can email me at tonyredondo at cosmoscurrencyexchange.com. All lowercase, no hyphens, no funny business. Yeah. I want to keep it simple. Yep, yep. <laughs> and they're the free principal ways. Great. And if people want to have a chat with you, you know, um, is it sort of a, I think you mentioned sort of, um, do you have a f- sort of first little bit of fact finding call with people? They don't have to necessarily understand exactly what they can use you for, but perhaps just feel they have a bit of a need and have a chat with you. Is, is that the way it works? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all our business comes from referrals, as you mentioned in the introduction. Sign. Yeah. And again, that was deliberate on, on our part because yeah. again, 34 years experience working for banks and brokers, you can imagine over those 34 years, I've heard management teams talk about the importance of customer service once or twice, but yeah. then saw how customers really were treated. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted yeah. to come up with a way of explaining to clients very simply that when we talk about customer service, we're very serious. We mean it. And yeah. the only way the clients can, can, I can make it, I could think of to make it obvious to clients that we are serious about customer service is to make ourselves completely dependent on it. So as a business, we don't market, we don't advertise. All our business comes from referrals. 
yeah. If we don't look after our clients, guess what happens to the referrals? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so very simple. Yeah. There's nowhere to hide. Your business lives or dies based upon exactly. that, that basis. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. And that's what we do. So anyway, people can reach me, you know, via, you know, all the technologies, WhatsApp, through social media, or, or through the website, or by email, or phone through, whatever's more convenient. And we'll always make time to have a chat, find out what they're looking at doing, and the time frame they're looking at doing it in. And then yeah. if we can help, and even if we can't, I'm reasonably experienced enough to be able to point them in the right direction if yeah. for any reason, you know, that we can't, i.e. Yeah. they want to deal in cryptocurrencies, which I don't touch, or something yeah. like that, which I don't deal yeah. with. So um, the discovery part of it is a true discovery. A true yeah. discovery. They, they find out what's best for them, what's yeah. out there, what's available. Great. Great. I give them the options. I tell them the way forward if they want to proceed or where to look. And yeah. they can take great. it as far, you know, and, and as quick or as slow as they want to. Yeah, great. So if you could give the listeners one tip or one lesson, Tony, um, what would you say to the listeners that are listening to this today? Well, um, I think fundamentally believe in what you're doing. Okay. Because if you don't, nobody else is going to. Yeah, yeah. And they will come across, and particularly what we've been talking about, about people discovering with Zoom, with the social uh, isolation, the importance of relationships, the importance mm. of human contact. If you don't believe in what you're doing and it's just a sales pitch, you might get away with it on the telephone. You, would, you wouldn't get away with it when we started face-to-face, yeah, and you yeah, won't yeah. get away with it on Zoom because it's obvious. Um, so believe in what you're doing. Give it your best shot. Follow your gut instinct um and uh, fundamentally the, the, there's a sign above my uh, uh, above my desk um and it says say uh, it's something that my grandfather told me when we came back from africa as a kid before we emigrated to the uk and it says say what you mean and mean what you say perfect great well we'll make sure that's in the show notes <laughs> and what was your grandfather's name francisco Francisco. Great. So thanks for sharing that. And you're giving us some great insights and some some good stories here as well. And I think, you know, the other thing, listeners, is the importance of of relationships, you know, believing what you're doing, believing what you're saying. And that will help build that relationship. It will help you be authentic, sincere, and passionate about what you're doing. And relationships are built upon the emotional connection between people, not just physical relationships and you know lovey-dovey relationships but business relationships are also built on the way that we feel about each other as well so that's really really important so i'm going to ask you your final question then tony this is going to be a slightly different one okay you mentioned before we kicked off when we were talking about the authors that i want to get on the podcast you have a tony robbins a brendan bouchard stay donald miller's mike mccallowitz etc if you're going to have your next black coffee with your cinnamon stick in it and you were going to perhaps read one of your favourite books, what would the book be and who would the author be? Um, that's difficult because away from business, I would say Carl Sagan and Cosmos. Yep. It was that first television series that came through from the United States in 1980. Yeah, yeah. Blew my little mind. Yeah. Um, and I've got all these books and uh, but from um, 
a more sort of recent perspective, I love the work of Dr. Thomas Soul. Okay. S O W E double L. So how you spelling that? S O W E double L. Okay. Thomas Soul is um, an amazing person with an amazing uh, story. I've got all of his books. He's an economist. Is a bit of a philosopher. He's a bit yeah. of a political scientist. He writes. He's written books on everything from economics to bringing up children who are late talkers, as his son was, to uh, political science, to race, to the housing market. He's very, very interesting, uh, very independent soul. Um, And uh, I really, really like the the man's thinking. He's probably the most intelligent person. He's in his late 80s now. Right. He's written, he's supposed to be ever retired 10 years ago, but in the last 10 years, he must have published eight books. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Semi retired. <laughs> Semi retired. Final part of the question. If you sat reading his book with that black coffee with your cinnamon stick in, where in the world would you like to be sat reading your book? In the Eastern Algarve in Portugal. I've never been. That's on my bucket list to go to Portugal. Never been. You need to go. Yeah, there you go. So there we have it. Thank you so much for, for being a great guest. And listeners, you've taken some real good tips there um, about really being you and discovering you know, the power of relationships and relationship-based businesses and, yeah, believing yourself. You know, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah. What was your grandfather's quote again? Uh, say what you mean and mean what you say. There you go. Great. Thank you very much for being a great guest. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on, Simon. And listeners, you know, this is part of my mission to help you be better aware, better educated and accountable. The most important thing is accountable. So go out after listening to this podcast, be a believer in yourself. Look for the relationships that you can build that Tony's mentioned here. And of course, if you've got any currency exchange uh, needs, reach out for that discovery session with Tony at cosmoscurrencyexchange.com. And all the details will be in the show notes. And as always, leave us a review and tell us what you took away from today's session and how you have used it to make a difference in your life and in your business. That's the best way you can honour the time that we've given you today. And I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you. Thank you.